Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here on this beautiful Saturday, April 10th, to discuss a very competitive seven-game NBA slate. Uh, it's going to be a good one today. We've got the uh, seven-game main slate that we're covering at DFS Coach Talk, and then we have a, a nice three-game after-hour slate that all start at 10 Eastern that we'll also be providing for. So let's dive right into this because it is a super Saturday pack day uh, here with the Masters going on. Can't wait to jump back in front of that and, and catch some of it. Saw Phil uh, birdie the first couple of holes. Always root for the old guys to uh, shine one last time. So I'm hoping he continues to do well. Um, and then, of course, we've got baseball all day. We've got an early slate and an afternoon slate that our uh, pros are covering at Coach Talk, being uh, the one and only uh, Mr. Josh Davis, known as Crash, and our own Tyler Pitzer, as uh, I'm now going to call him TP. TP and Crash is the duo we have this weekend uh, for baseball, and they are going to kill it. All right, how about we go right smack dab into the middle of this slate, right off the bat with the first game. We get the extra half an hour in baseball. I always love when we get that extra 30 minutes or an hour. It happens maybe once a week, but uh, it just lets you prepare a little better. I know it seems to make it, it shouldn't be a big difference, but it seems to feel like it. Uh, when it's happening. So we've got the Toronto Raptors at 20 and 32 at the Cleveland Cavaliers, 19 and 32. Um, we have a three and a half point favorite Toronto spread here. And our uh, all of our lines are provided by our, one of our partners here, betus.com.pa. Fantastic site for all of your wagering. Uh, it is three and a half Toronto, 219 over under. And then as far as pace goes, we've got uh, Toronto 8th and Cleveland 21st. And we have defensive efficiency. We like to uh, really take a dive uh, in, especially on the weekends when we uh, when I go solo and I have just a little bit more time. So uh, defensive efficiency-wise, Toronto's 12th, Cleveland is 21st. So nothing to write home about there. Um, the, the big news here, we know Van Bleed is out. But Lowry is actually questionable, so I, I don't think he's going to play, to be honest with you, from what I read. But he is questionable, so we're not counting him out just yet. We need to uh, follow that news. It's always nice when you have a, a questionable guy that really is questionable that's in the early game because you can, uh, you know, we're going to know that news beforehand. And then on the Cleveland side, the same guys are out, Allen, Nance, and Windler that had been out before. Uh, let's take a look at the probable lineups here. Uh, we've got, if Lowry's in, we have Lowry, Trent, Ananobi, Siakam, and Boucher. If Lowry's out, then Malachi Flynn will start in that spot. And he's been terrific. He has really played himself into a roster spot and a contract and all kinds of other things. So good to see that youngster step up. Um, from the Cleveland side, it is Sexton, Garland, Okoro, Wade, and Love. So, you know, Love paid off for us last time. You know, he's still got that minutes uh, restriction. 
it's uh, somewhere in that 25 to 28 minute range. So uh, we'll be watching that news throughout the day uh, to see if there's if that's lifted at all or uh, if if he's still going to be constrained by that. Um, looking at this game, you know, it's interesting. This there's certainly some playable pieces here. Uh, there's also some one offs you can take a run at. Uh, Boucher went completely ballistic uh, this last game. I mean. We talk about it all the time on here. Andrew and I go back and forth and say, why does Boucher not play more when he's in there? He just goes nuts. And uh, I, you would think Toronto, 12 games under 500, would would want a young guy. He's not really that young, though. That's the amazing thing. People think he is, but he bounced around, and he's I mean, he's 28 years old. So he's not a guy that you know doesn't understand the game. So... He needs, uh, I think he needs big minutes. I think he deserves them. Um, you know, will he start or not? We've got him projected to start right now. And I think at his price, you can certainly go back to him against a Cleveland team that's somewhat centerless as they're playing uh, Love there. And then Wade plays there a little. And then Hartenstein, you know, plays some decent center minutes for them. But Boucher, again, you know, perfect matchup for him to, to crush it, uh, I think you got to take a look at him. I mean, the guy pushed a 40-20 game. <laughs> he almost had 40 points and 20 rebounds. Not quite, but he was there, uh, close. So whenever you've got that kind of uh, ability and a guy on a roll, uh, I'm hoping he gets the minutes. But he's definitely in my player pool without question. Um, if Lowry does come, come back on the slim chance, I'm not even going to think about it because, you know, there'll be a minutes uh, restriction of some sort, you know, coming off uh, this injury to his toe or foot, whatever it is. So not really interested there. Siakam is a guy you can always look to because, I mean, he's just so ball dominant. I mean, they run everything for him. His usage is through the roof. So, you know, Siakam becomes in play also. And, you know, a guy that's really paid off a few times I've used him and quietly is uh, Ananobi. I mean, he's he's been very steady for them, and he hits all five categories for you to, to chip in. So for me, I really do have three playable Raptors. I'm not going to stack them. I'm going to uh, choose one or two of them uh, and move down the road there. Uh, as far as Cleveland goes, um, you know, Sexton's terrific and I love to play him, but his price has been so high that it makes it very tough, but I am going to consider him here because I think, uh, the matchup really does, uh, fit for him uh, as well as Malachi Flynn on the other side of Lowry sits. I think those two point guards can, you know, duel pretty well. Neither one spectacular defensively by any stretch, especially Sexton. Uh, so, you know, those guys are in play. Garland, uh, Okora, Wade, not interested there. Uh, the only way I play Love, uh, even though he did make value for me last time, is if I hear that that minutes restriction went up. So, you know, could have two, three guys from this game right off the jump. Uh, I just think it's conducive to a game that should have some good pace. Defense is shaky. And, you know, with some key guys out, you get usage spikes from some of these other guys. So uh, I like that first game for sure. All right, we've got a full hour then till the next game, uh, 
It is the LA Lakers at 32 and 20 at the Brooklyn Nets, 36 and 16. Certainly expected this to be a, you know, a barn burner, awesome game with all these superstars, but three of the five big superstars are out. So, uh, and also you've got a, a Brooklyn team that's playing great and an LA team that is not without, of course, LeBron and AD. And if anybody ever thought LeBron wasn't an MVP guy, uh, come on, man. You know, they were winning games, not as good as they did with AD, of course, but they were still winning games and competitive with LeBron. As soon as he went out, the Lakers looked like a, a lottery team half the time. So, um, yeah, dude, I just can't deny LeBron. Even the the haters, because they, the big Jordan debate and all that, regardless, LeBron is the king, man. He is he is something else. All right, so that uh, in that game, it is a 11-point uh, favorite for Brooklyn, and you're going to see on this slate, this is the slate of blowout potential, which, you know me, I mean, I'm one of those guys that do factor in blowout potential. Uh, a lot of people don't. They say you can't predict a blowout. I get that, and sometimes it doesn't work out, but there's a lot of times I'll fade a guy because of that major blowout potential, and he loses six, eight minutes at least, and that just murders you in, uh, you know, your your DFS points. So I think you got to look at these factors, and we have one, two, three, four, five. Five of the seven games are, are double-digit favoritism. I haven't seen that in a long time. And the sixth one is nine-point spread. So you've almost... You almost have six out of seven blowout potential games. So, man, is this, you know, but don't let it intimidate you. A lot of people are going to say, okay, screw it, then we'll just treat them all the same because they're all potential blowouts. But I don't feel that way. I think some of these games truly are strong blowout potential, and some I think the spread is too high, and I think it stays close. So let's go over those and factor that into what we're doing here. So, uh, I know some of the analytics statistical guys are going to say that's that's you know flubberguster or whatever you want to call it without swearing, but I'm telling you, I've done this since day one of of DFS, and I've watched and been involved in in uh, basketball forever. And if you don't think those rotations change and the coaches see the potential of a blowout and can feel it coming. And everybody's playing so many games now. You've got a bunch of teams, five games in seven days. On and on, I could explain why I think this is a strong factor. So I am going to continue to advise in that direction. All right. We'd have pace-wise, Lakers 14th, Brooklyn 9th. So that's a good factor. Lakers are somehow hung on to the number one defensive spot. Uh, almost by default there. I don't know, a couple of teams slipping a little bit defensively at the top. Brooklyn is up to 22, which doesn't sound great, but it's certainly better than 29 where they were uh, when they first put those superstars together. So they have made some improvement there. As far as injuries, Lakers have three questionable players all in their rotation, and that's Kuzma, Caruso, and Gasol. So we need news there. And then for Brooklyn, we know the beard is out and uh, Johnson, Tyler Johnson, uh, is hurt pretty good. He's going to be out for a while. Probable lineups right now for the Laker, Lakers are Schroeder, Caldwell Pope. If Kuzma's in, uh, he's leaning two in as, as opposed to sitting. 
but we need confirmation there. Uh, Morris, Markeith, that is, and uh, Mr. Andre the Toe uh, Drummond and all the other nicknames he has. So he's in there. Brooklyn, Kyrie, Harris, KD, Jeff Green, and LaMarcus. And we know Griffin gets a good run in there. They've, they've got a, a solid group of bench guys going. So how do we see this game unfolding? I, you know, I think Brooklyn has them massively outmanned here. I really do. I, I'm be interested to see uh, if LA can hang in there. Uh, but as far as the playable guys, I think, you know, Schroeder's price has been just ridiculous ever since LeBron uh, went out, especially it just jumped like 1500, but uh, Schroeder's a, a possibility here without question. If, if he can afford the salary, um, don't trust Kuzma, even if he is in or Markeith. I mean, you can look at Andre Drummond without question. I mean, we know that in the past he's, you know, he's a, easy 20 rebound guy on a, on a game where he gets the minutes and, you know, Brooklyn often plays without a true center on the floor, uh, you know, with LaMarcus or Blake even sliding in or Jeff green. So you got three basically, you know, power forwards that play center for Brooklyn. Uh, Claxton gets in a little DJ's pretty much been out of the rotation. So uh, Deandre Jordan. Yeah. So, uh, Drummond, you know, I, I got to give him a look here. His price is still decent enough. Uh, we know the pace is going to be there this game. And, uh, you know, I know it's, it's painful because the first time, uh, pretty much all of us jumped on Andre, you know, he, he played very limited minutes there with the, the whole toe shenanigans. So, uh, but I, he's in play for me. I'm, I'm definitely considering uh, rostering him. As far as the big dogs, you know, KD came off the bench last game. I think he'll slide into the, the, the starting lineup. He did say in an interview that he enjoyed coming off the bench. It was a better perspective. He liked it. So, you know, if he talks Nash into it, he, you know, it may happen, but he's, he's going to get decent minutes. And even though he was out for so long, the dude is ridiculous. I mean, he, he just doesn't uh, have any parameters that fall under common sense. He comes back from injury and looks like he never missed a second. So, you know, KD's price is super high, but he's a playable commodity. You got to look at him as playable. Uh, Kyrie Irving, same thing. I mean, playing terrific, price is high, but, uh, you know, I think he's another guy that could just blow this up. So, you know, if it stays close enough, there's certainly playable pieces here. Um, I'm not doing somersaults, you know, to roster certainly uh, the majority of my salary with with a, both a Durant and Irving. But I think, you know, I, I am interested in one or the other. I think you're going to get a lot of people a little bit afraid to play Durant because it's only his second game back. But I am going to, you know, uh, really uh, be following the news very closely to hear you know, what are his minutes uh, restrictions and and how is that going to play out? And if it is, you know, severe, like 20 minutes or something, which I think it'll be more than that, you know, then Kyrie becomes more in play to me. Um, as far as the second guy goes for Brooklyn, you know, Joe Harris is always an option just because he does get minutes and usage uh, specifically with Harden uh, out of the game. But you know, it, the other guys are all pitching in. LaMarcus Aldridge has, has made himself a playable guy, too. I mean, 
he's getting minutes, he's producing, and uh, seems to just be fitting right into what they're trying to do. But it is hard, you know, with Blake and Green and and then, like I say, a little bit of Claxton. And there's just a lot of bodies that they're moving in and out there. And it makes it very hard to to get a guy that doesn't have a really constrained ceiling. So uh, for me, it's probably one of the big dogs for Brooklyn and possibly Drummond on the other side. So I am considering, uh, you know, some uh, some definite possibilities in this game and I would like to have some exposure all right let's go to game three it is a nine o'clock game so we have two nine o'clock games then and then we have the three late evening ten o'clock after hour slate as well the nine o'clock Philadelphia 76ers at 35 and 17 against the Oklahoma City Thunder at 20 and 32 Philadelphia is a 11-point favorite, and it's only a 217 over-under. The big news here, Joel Embiid questionable. Um, You know, coming back from the injury, playing quite a few minutes this past week on that return, perfect spot to sit him against the Thunder team. Um, He's listed questionable now. I did my research with counting him out, but again, that is completely unverified so you know you want to stay tuned with us in discord throughout the day when we get that news but in building this I'm going to to think that he sits then on the Oklahoma City side we know Shea's out for quite some time with a pretty severe injury probable Baisley who's returning and then questionable on Dort Hall and uh, Roby so we have you know some serious question marks there um, as far as probable lineups, Simmons, Curry, Green, Harris, and I have Howard in there if Embiid sits. Uh, Teo Maladone for Oklahoma, uh, McKay Luke, uh, Kenrich, Williams, Poku, and Moses Brown. So similar type of lineup for them. Uh, they're also getting a lot of minutes for you know multiple people off the bench. Now Baisley jumps back into the mix. Um, you know, with several other guys of these young players, Ty Jerome, uh, people are getting decent usage. Philadelphia's defense was murdered last time. This last game, they just got their doors blown in, and they, you know, they're a top defense. They are second defensively in the league. Uh, Didn't look like it the last game, and uh, Oklahoma City's 24th. As far as pace, the reason this game is is palatable is they're 12th and 6th. Uh, and again, that 11 number is fair, but I think it comes down a point or two if Embiid does sit. Um, if he plays it, it may actually go up a point or two. I think it's just shifting in between. So that news is important to me because I think that uh, you know changes the game flow. Philly's going to be ticked off that they got uh, you know gave up so many points. They should come out motivated. Oklahoma City is, is you know, you got to scratch your head all the time. How they've won 20 games this year is mind-bending to me with uh, really a G League and Summer League type of roster. I mean, it's, it's craziness. Um, but there's guys getting it done, and there's guys I'm looking at here. I think, you know, uh, Maladon having to face Simmons defense, uh, I just I can't go there. Uh, McKay Luke is a decent play. You know, he he's a boomer bust more GPP because 
if he's hitting, he'll get some extra minutes. If he's not, you're going to get Ty Jerome and a lot of guys getting uh, minutes, you know, chopping away at him, and he's splitting time. Kenrich has been pretty steady. I mean, he's his price is low. He's not a bad value fill in here. And Pokachevsky, too. I mean, Poku has made my clipboard a couple of times now. He's, you know, he's in there. When he's in there, he's shooting. He's getting rebounds. He's, you know, starting to get a couple of stocks here and there. I mean, he's a project, but, you know, he's playable at that price. And then Moses Brown. I mean, you know, we need the news for sure. I mean, if Moses Brown plays and for some reason Baisley and and, uh, Roby sit, then I think Moses Brown gets enough minutes and run at the five that that you got to play him. But Baisley and Roby definitely can pull some of those minutes with the four or five. And then Moses Price, you know, has now gone up. You know, if he has to face Embiid, forget it. Not even a, a second thought for me. But if Embiid is out, even though Dwight Howard and you know is solid, he'll get some run against Scott. So you know, if we get a, a scratch from Roby uh, and or uh, Baisley, then I think as long as as Embiid is sitting, then then Brown becomes an option. A lot of things have to fall into place there but uh interesting may have a one-off not a game i'm going to focus on and uh we definitely need that news so all right let's go to the other nine o'clock game it's an interesting one it is sacramento kings at 22 and 30 utah at 39 and 13 we have uh a 12 and a half point favoritism for utah and it's a 231 and a half total, which is our biggest number on the board. So again, we've got the Utah Jazz involved with a high-scoring game. But it's not because of the Utah Jazz. It's because of the Sacramento Kings. They are still dead last. They have quite a grip on last in defensive efficiency in the league. Utah's third. Uh, but this is what I like, 7th and 15th in pace. People think Utah plays super slow they don't they're in the middle of the pack um they don't run things through gobert gobert's a sort of a secondary guy or he'll run pick and roll with you but they're not going to give him the ball like a lot of teams do with Embiid or the joker where they run things through him so what that does is it speeds up play you know conley mitchell uh clarkson when he's in even uh uh, Joe, I mean Ingles, he they they push the ball, they get it up to the wing, and they they make some things happen. And you know that's magic to the ears of the of the Sacramento players because they're looking for that pace. As far as injuries go, we know Bagley began is uh, continued to be out. Uh, it is the debut for Damian Jones, who will probably you know get a few backup minutes behind Rashawn Holmes for Sacramento. And then the only guy out that looks like more than likely for Utah is Clarkson. He's doubtful. Um, so, you know, that's and that's been amazing for them that they have had such a string of, of good health for their players. I hope it continues, but uh, certainly makes a big difference. So the probable starting lineups here are Fox, Heald, Harkless. I don't know if you saw the dunk Harkless had in this last game. Look up Mo Harkless from Sacramento Kings in this last game. He had an absolutely insane, like, two-tiered dunk. Uh, phenomenal. One of the best I've seen this year. And from a, from an odd guy, too. And then you have Barnes and Rashawn Holmes. And then for Utah, 
It is the usual group of Conley, Mitchell, Bogey, O'Neal, and Gobert, as I like to call him. Um, but we know it's he's a Frenchman, Frenchman, so it's Gobert. All right. What do we think is going to happen here? 231 and a half. How much exposure? Is it a risk? Yeah. I mean, there's risk here. I mean, it's the Jazz. The Jazz could easily put the, the clamps on Sacramento and blow their doors in, and then we've got an issue. If if uh, you know, they're going to hang in there and at least it stays competitive, then this could be a boxcars game. There's no doubt about it. Um, you got to absolutely love the way De'Aaron Fox has been playing. Uh, you know, I've been playing him a ton lately. Not as thrilled in this matchup with, with Conley defense, who's a little scrappy defensively. You know, I saw, you know, at that price, you got to really be all in on him. And he's terrific. I, I admit that. But, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go to the, the well in this one. Um, really, the, the other guys for Sacramento, uh, you know, Barnes having to deal with O'Neal. Um, Holmes having to go against Gobert. It's just it's a rough matchup for Sacramento. So, you know, as much as I, I like that this game has great potential and it's the highest point total on the slate, I'm not stacking here. I mean, it it may be a one and one or two guys at the max. And the guys I'm thinking about here, uh, you know, are actually Conley and Bogey because of the pricing. I think that uh you know, their price is doable. You don't have to unload the coffers and, and you can have a couple of, of players uh, to, you know, for representation. And I got to say the uh, without question, I mean, to to roster a couple of guys against Sacramento on every slate is a fantastic idea. It really is. I mean, Sacramento gets scorched. It's a matter of choosing the right guys. You don't want to overstack because there's always potential of a blowout, but I am considering Conley, Mitchell, Bogdanovich, leaning towards Conley and Bogdanovich in that order. Uh, but I'm not adverse to Conley Mitchell. Uh, I'm really not. I think Mitchell's fairly priced for how good he is. And uh, that makes, you know, a possibility of that backcourt uh, showing up for me in Utah. So that uh, I will have exposure there, but I'm not stacking I don't think that's a, a true comfortable, you know, stack game like we've seen with the different teams like Golden State, Minnesota, et cetera. So that's where I stand. Uh, we've got three games left. And uh, real quickly here, want to mention, love to join us at DFS Coach Talk. Go to our website, uh, DFSCoachTalk.com. You can sign up for as little as a three-day pass for $10. We have multiple different uh, you know, memberships that you can sign up for. And the thing with all of our memberships is you don't just get the sport that if it's a the MLB, for example, membership that we offer that goes until November 1, you get all four of our sports. We do the four major sports. We're doing basketball, baseball, football, and we are doing golf. So those are the main sports that we focus on. We have pros. We don't do you know, skeet shooting and, and cross-country skiing and all these other things because we want to focus and dominate the sports that we do. But with every package, you have access to all our content, all of our uh, podcasts, 
and all of our lineups. And in major sports, all of them, we generally do two slates per night. We'll either do an early and a late night main slate, or we'll do the main slate in an after hours. And we'll do that in, in all of our sports. Uh, for example, today, Saturday, if you hear this and join this morning, uh, you'll get uh, the afternoon slate in baseball and then a full evening slate. In the NBA, we've got the full seven-game schedule and then the three-game after hours. And then later tonight, we'll be posting our fourth-round Masters picks uh, for that tomorrow. So, you know, all of that, again, inclusive in everything that we do. Uh, so we'd love to have you. You can check us out at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. Shoot us any questions, anything that, uh, you know, you'd like to know about uh, how we function, what we do. We're, we're giving uh, Coach's Clipboard, which has a highlighted uh, group of players for DraftKings with some other uh, options of plays to fill out your roster. Full lineups, though, for FanDuel and Yahoo!, so, you know, you're you're getting a full service uh, provider with with a lot of information and we've had some great success. Uh, we've you know, I've been doing this and uh, for six years and keeping very stringent statistics and, you know, between uh, 61 and 70 percent, you know, winning percentage, a good good portion of the time in all sports, but specifically uh, basketball and baseball for me. So, um, yeah, we'd love to have you join us. We also have a weekly a meeting of all our members. We jump in, for those that want to, I know he's forced to, uh, that jump into uh, at noon on uh, every Saturday. So that's coming up here in just a bit. And we just get on there, introduce new members, go over some strategy, the biggest discussion we have, and I think the most important two elements of DFS that people just don't talk about, and it should be talked about before any player strategy at all, and that's bankroll management and contest selection. So those are two key things we focus on, and inevitably it ever it comes up every Saturday in our discussion. So we'd love to have you. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, by the way, Real quickly, this is the big ask. We do seven-day-a-week free NBA DFS podcast. Hit the thumbs up, the subscribe button. Click the little alert button in the corner so you know when our podcast posts. All right, no further ado. We have three uh, interesting late games. The Houston Rockets at 14-30 and 38 against the Golden State Warriors at 24-28. and 28. We have the spread of Golden State by nine here. Big number for favoritism for them. 226 and a half. So this is the juicy game. They're fifth and second in pace, 16th and 10th in defense. As far as injuries, there's a possibility that Dante Exum, in fact, he's probable for Houston. We have not seen him, so that will affect some of that rotation. Gordon House and Nawaba remain out. The only guy on the list right now for Golden State is Juan Toscano-Anderson, who is probable. Uh, the probable starting lineups are Wall, Porter, Tate, Olenek, and Wood. They've had a lot of success playing Olenek at the four and Wood at the five together. Uh, they've created uh, some difficulties for some teams. And then for Golden State, it's, it's uh, the norm. Uh, Curry, Wiggins, Oubre, Green, and Wiseman. All right, this game really gives me some interest here because of the matchups uh, of how this 
this pace will be. I think you, you just have to start right off with the obvious, you know, Wall and Curry, both, uh, you know, fairly expensive for sure, especially Curry, both very playable though. I mean, they fit this game. It, the script makes sense. Uh, I think they'll get plenty of run, plenty of opportunity, and they're both in play for me. Uh, with Wall back, it knocks Porter down a, a spot for me, uh, so I'm not going to go there. Kelly O is, is uh, you know, uh, certainly a consideration at that cheap price. He's played very well for them. Uh, Christian Wood is going to be a pay-up center that probably a lot of guys are going to go to, and deservedly so. I mean, he's a stud. He's playing against that rotation of centers, especially Wiseman, who's getting more and more minutes. But as a rookie, you know, you would think Wood would be able to take advantage of that matchup. Uh, so, you know, for me, really, you know, considering Wall, a little bit of a possibility of one of the bigs there with the, the value of Olenek or the pay up of Wood for sure. And then on the Warriors side, you know, after Curry, I think, you know, there's there's a few guys overpriced. I think Oubre is overpriced and he's probably going to get Tate defense, which is no fun. Uh, and same with Wiggins, uh, you know. He may get some Tate defense also. I don't like to go there when with uh, Wiggins unless Curry's out, to be honest with you. Draymond's price is pretty high, but, you know, he's always a threat. Um, and then Weissman, like I said, he's getting a lot more minutes. His price remains cheap. He's been the value center I've gone to a couple of times. But, you know, he's done well. I just don't think... That ceiling is where it needs to be, so I doubt that that uh, I'm going to take a risk like that on a nine-game slate. So, good game, definite exposure to this one. I like this game actually better than the Sacramento Sacramento and Utah game, even though it's five points less in the over/under. All right, two games left. We have Washington Wizards 19 and 32 at the Phoenix Suns 36 and 15. Uh, right now, we've got Phoenix minus 12, so another monster line, 228, so I apologize. That's the second highest. The Houston one's the third highest. 228's the over-under. Phoenix is 25th pace. We know they dominate the slowdown ball. Washington first. Uh, defensively, Washington 26, Phoenix 6. So you've got two polar polar opposite type of teams here. Uh, the big thing is Beal. He, you know, did not get it done for me last night. I was very uh, upset with Mr. Beal, so I'm not going to use any of the words that I stated uh, to Beal as I he was on the TV uh, sitting at the, on the bench. Anyway, uh, he's questionable, so I'm very concerned there. If he sits, you know, it's so hard not to play Westbrook. He's playing like a lunatic, and when with uh, Beal out, you know, his numbers go through the roof in almost every category. So it's not one of those scenario scenarios where like Luke is better points per minute DFS when KP plays, you know, there are scenarios like that. But in this one, when Beal sits, Westbrook goes from superstar to super superstar. So I uh, definitely want to consider him, uh, you know, Beal, I'm not going to play either way. Not, and that's not just because I'm mad about yesterday. It's because he's definitely not healthy. He's that. I think it's mainly his hip that has just not been right since that really bad fall. So can't trust that whatsoever. Uh, Denny Advia, you know, he's a he's a punt cheap play that gets 30 some minutes. So 
possible, but it is, you do have to get a little nausea when you're watching them at times. Uh, the guy that I've, you know, I've been playing him. I think I've played him more than anybody else in the NBA in DFS this year. He's, he's probably got more roster spots for me than, than anyone else. And that's Rui Hashimura because his price always remains fair. He gets a massive amount of minutes and his usage continues to rise. So uh, super duper love him. If Beal sits still like him a lot, even if Beal plays, uh, I think he's just a really good go-to guy. Don't want to mess with the bigs, uh, the fearful uh, bigs of Len and, you know, Gafford was nice when he was in, but he's hurt. Now you're back to this, you know, nightmare of Len and then these half hook shots by Lopez. It's it's painful. Um, Phoenix side, huge pace up game, huge defensive deficient team on the other side. What you know, where do you get the exposure with Phoenix? You know, Andrew and I get to this team and we say the same thing like 30 days in a row. They split it up. We don't know which guy to go to, so it's better not to risk. Uh, I get all that, but, man, how do you not play somebody here unless you completely game script a blowout? And even in a blowout, like as we all know, and that's why people don't like to call them, you know, somebody has to create the blowout. So, you know, is it enough to overcome not playing in the fourth quarter uh, as part of a blowout? You know, I'm going to look at it this way. I think Chris Paul is playable here uh, against Russ. I think he definitely, his game rises when he gets that type of uh, opponent. And he is playing good ball, no question about it. Booker is terrific. He's a, a little pricey, not as bad as some of the other buy-ups. He is definitely playable. Mikhail, Bridge Mikhail Bridges is not a bad play. I mean, he's going to get... Odd via defense and, uh, you know, Matthew's defense and, and guys like that. So he is playable. He's sneaky because he'll get you some stocks. He can contribute in a lot of different ways, and his price is good. I'm uh, not interested really in the crowder Aiton world. There's a lot of rotation of some guys that are getting minutes there, and it just doesn't seem like Aiton ever smashes. He's, they protect his minutes, and I just don't think he's that great, to be honest with you. So... Um, you know, if it's going to be the Suns, it's going to be a pay-up spot for me uh, for their backcourt. So could end up being the huge game uh, as far as pay-up if I do somehow end up with a Westbrook-Paul uh, kind of scenario. And I don't think it's it's avoidable, especially if Beal sits on the Westbrook side. All right. How about game seven? Lucky seven. This will finish the, the entire card, and it is a good one. Detroit Pistons, 16 and 36. I mean, the card is good, not this game. <laughs> uh, Detroit is 16 and 36 against Portland, 30 and 21. And again, blowout script city here. We've got Portland, 11 and a half, 226. Nice, fair total. But you've got a, a bad Detroit team with their best player, Grant, out. Ellington and Magruder out. And Plumley questionable. So you're shorthanded, you stink, and you got to go play Portland, who's got 30 wins and trying to position themselves for the defense or for the playoffs. So I don't know, man. This this game scares me on the blowout side for sure, and uh, that's why it's not going to be a major play for me. Um, 
Detroit, if Plumley sits, you know, I've made it known. I'm, I'm a huge Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart fan. I think he's got such a great motor and just a lot of good possibilities. And Nurkic is out for Portland, which means Cantor is playing. So, yes, Cantor is definitely in play. And with his defense, Isaiah Stewart would be definitely in play. So this is where I like these two centers a lot. Um, there may be the possibility on DraftKings and Yahoo where you can play two that I'll roster both. It just, that's the two spots I feel comfortable with. Even if it blows out, there should be a bunch of rebounds, enough time to, to get some things done for those guys to make value and then some. Uh, the guys I'm I'm going to steer from are Lillard, McCollum, and Powell, and even Covington because he's so expensive. They're, I mean, they're set up for a great game. I mean, it's against Detroit. So, uh, you know, my problem is I don't see one of them just stepping out and going nuts. I think you just have all of them play well and scratch to get to, to you know, uh, value. And, you know, when you spend the kind of, that kind of money on a Lillard or McCollum, especially, and you're, you know, you're just trying to squeak to 5X, that's not usually going to get it done on this kind of slate. Um, I guess Powell and Covington under that theory would be a little bit more playable because they have, uh, you know, can do that and, and be 7X or so. So in that case, you know, the possibility is there. Uh, on the Detroit side, lots of rotation with the guards, even with these guys out. Smith Jr. played okay last time. Josh Jackson seems to be a big punt play for a lot of people. You know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, Sadiq Bey, you know, he's been decent in games, not, you know, consistent, which you would expect from a rookie. But, you know, he becomes playable here uh, also. Uh, you know, so, you know, and then you have uh, Kojo. Kojo has been the pleasant surprise. Uh, he's playable. I think he got real fired up as as uh, Andrew had pointed out and and stated on the podcast before that and was a great proje uh, projection uh he you know he smashed his old team Sacramento will he be as fired up and get enough minutes here against Portland he, he could Kojo's a good player he's he's underrated I thought they won that trade uh, I think he's a better player uh than than uh then they traded for, and they also had a, uh, they got a pick along with it or two, two seconds, I think something ridiculous, uh, for DeLon Wright. That was, that was lopsided to me, but anyway, Kojo, you know, is, is in the discussion. Um, so, you know, there's some guys you can go to, uh, I, you know, I prefer the, the, the two centers here the most, uh, and probably won't have any salary left for the, the big, the big dudes of the backcourt of Portland. Uh, Let's see, what else was there? Did I forget anything there? I did give the pace 20 and 16, the defense 20 and 29, which gets your attention. And, you know, why I do want some exposure, at least on the interior uh, in this game. All right, that is it. We have all seven, seven up, seven down. Uh, we are ready to hammer this slate. We're ha ready to hammer the whole weekend. I hope you guys are having a, a great, great weekend. It's beautiful, sunny here in Dallas, nice temperatures. I mean, you know, this is my favorite time of the year. You've got, you know, just coming off the NCAA tournament, we have baseball uh, really geared up. 
And seeing fans in the stands is just crazy. I, you know, watched the Rangers a little bit last night and like, you know, 40,000 fans in there cheering, booing. I mean, we're actually getting back to normal. So great stuff. Uh, great sports this weekend. Enjoy it. Join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, come and check us out because all of this news, you know, we'll post some things on Twitter. We're at DFS Coach Talk. Um, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew is at Language Olympic. And uh, we're going to have to also start sharing, and I'll make a note to do that, uh, also uh, be sharing uh, Crash Davis's uh, uh, Twitter and as well as Tyler Pitzer. So we're going to have all the team on there chit-chatting with everybody. So I've got to prepare here quickly for the our weekly coach talk uh, gathering that we have uh, on our discord. So I, I am going to sign off here, but I will be back tomorrow uh, for the Sunday slate as well. So look forward to talking to you then. Thank you so much for listening in and we'll be back tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS. <laughs>